Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Today we're going to study the home influences. These all have a really big impact, not only on the husband and the wife, but the children. And when they go out from there, to everyone that they impact. Let's start with prayer. Dear Jesus, we pray that you would help us this morning as we study to understand the importance of following these guidelines and what a difference it will make for our children. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's begin by opening to Psalms 101, verse 7. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Deceitful and wicked people should not be kept in the house. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You cannot keep evil people in your family without their exerting an evil influence over your children. Testimonies, Volume 4, pages 110 through 112. Remember Lot, he chose Sodom for his home because he saw that there were advantages to be gained there from a worldly point of view. But after he had established himself, and grown rich in earthly treasure, he was convinced that he had made a mistake in not taking into consideration the moral standing of the community in which he was to make his home. The dwellers in Sodom were corrupt. Vile conversation greeted his ears daily. I'm going to put Do Not Disturb on on my phone. I should have thought of that before. Thank you. Sorry for the interruption. Okay. All right. Um, the dwellers in Sodom were corrupt. Vile conversation greeted his ears daily, and his righteous soul was vexed by the violence and the crime he was powerless to prevent. His children were becoming like these wicked people, for association with them had perverted their morals. Taking all these things into consideration, the worldly riches he had gained seemed small and not worth the price he had paid for them. Think about a magnolia blossom, if you will. When you crush it, it's ruined. You can never get it back to its original condition. And his children um, were contaminated. Um, I'm just adding that just to be sort of a visual. His family connections were extensive. His children having married among the Sodomites. The Lord's anger was finally kindled against the wicked inhabitants of the city. Angels of God visited Sodom to bring forth Lot, that he should not perish in the overthrow of the city. They bade Lot bring his family, his wife, and the sons and daughters who had married in wicked Sodom, told him to flee from the place. For, said the angels, we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. Lot went out, and he entreated his children. He repeated the words of the angel, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed unto his sons-in-law as one who mocked. They had lived so long in Sodom that they had become partakers of the sins of the people, and the daughters were influenced by their husbands to believe that their father was mad. They were well enough off where they were. They were rich. They had great possessions. They could not believe it possible that beautiful Sodom 
a rich and fertile country would be destroyed by the wrath of a sin-avenging God. Lot returned sorrowfully to the angels, and he repeated the story of his failure. Then the angels commanded him to arise, take his wife and the two daughters who were yet in his house, and leave the city. But Lot was sad, the thought of leaving his children and his wife, for she refused to go without them, almost broke his heart. They would all have perished in the terrible ruin of Sodom had not the Lord in his great mercy sent his angels to the rescue. Lot was paralyzed by the great calamity almost to occur. He was stupefied with grief at the thought of leaving all he held dear on earth. But as he lingered, the angels of God laid hold upon his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and brought them out of the city and charged them to flee for their lives, neither to look behind them nor to stay upon all the plain, but to escape to the mountains. How reluctant was Lot to obey the angel and go as far as possible from corrupt Sodom. Appointed to utter destruction, he distrusted God and he pleaded to remain. Living in the wicked city had weakened his faith and confidence in the justice of the Lord. He pleaded that he could not do as he was required, lest some evil should overtake him and he should die. Angels were sent on a special mission to save the lives of Lot and his family. But Lot had so long been surrounded by corrupting influences, his sensibilities were blunted. He could not discern the works of God and his purposes. He could not trust himself in his hands to do his bidding. He was continually pleading for himself, and this unbelief cost him the life of his wife. She looked back to Sodom. And murmuring against the dealings of God, she was changed to a pillar of salt that she might stand as a warning to all those who disregard the special mercies and providences of heaven. And I'll just break in here and, and uh, say I've seen the, uh, there's something called Lot's Wife. It's a little, um, like a, I don't know, idol-shaped chunk of something, minerals, um, that's over there. And you can see it on YouTube, I think. Just um, search for Lot's Wife. After this terrible retribution, Lot no longer dared to linger by the way, but he fled into the mountains. According to the directions of the angels, the sinful conduct of his daughters after leaving Sodom was the result of wicked associations while there. The sense of right and wrong was confused in their minds, and sin did not appear as sin to them. The case of Lot should be a warning to all those who wish to live godly lives to separate themselves from all influences calculated to lead them away from God. Lot remained so long among the wicked that he was only able to save himself and two daughters, and even they were corrupted in morals by their sojourn in Sodom. God means what he says, and he will not be trifled with. Oh, how many short-sighted, sinful mortals plead with God to induce him to come to their terms, while if they would only yield themselves unreservedly into his hands, he would compass their salvation and give them precious victories. All right. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? doesn't take much leaven, does it? Just only a tiny bit of yeast to make the whole loaf of bread rise very quickly. Ephesians 6, verse 4.
And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Parents should not provoke their children. Colossians 3, 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Don't discourage them. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. They may depart for a time before they get old, but they will come back into it if they have had good training. They should be trained, though. 1 Timothy 3, 4, and 5. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Children should be trained. One that does not control his own family cannot be trusted to manage the things of God. Titus 1, 6 and 7. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and temperate. The children of a bishop should be above reproach. 1 Timothy 3.12 Let the deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling the children and their own house as well. A deacon should control his family. Genesis 18, 17 to 19. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Oh, that's cool. It says here, God knew that Abraham would um, be faithful. So that, as a result of that, the Lord may or would be allowed or would be able to bring upon Abraham the promises that he had given him. God knew that he could keep his promises to Abraham because of how Abraham was faithful. I try to keep saying that the right way so he can really get it. But um, God can trust a man that commands his children and his household. Oh, I did not look this uh, up, but I, I shall really quickly. The Book of Education, page 187. I've just got to open up my resource because I don't actually have this physical book. 
One of these days I'm going to get it, perhaps at camp meeting this year. The used book guy will be there. Education 187. All right. As a preparation for teaching his precepts, God commands that they be hidden in the heart of the parents. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, he says. Thou shalt teach them diligently in order to interest our children in the Bible. We ourselves must be interested in it. To awaken in them a love for its study, we must love it. Our instruction to them will have only the weight of influence given it by our own example and spirit. God called Abraham to be a teacher of his word. He chose him to be the father of a great nation because he saw that Abraham would instruct his children and his household in the principles of God's law. And that which gave power to Abraham's teachings was the influence of his own life. His great household consisted of more than a thousand souls, many of them heads of families, and not a few but newly converted from heathenism. Such a household required a firm hand at the helm. No weak, vacillating methods would suffice. Of Abraham, God said, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. That his authority was exercised with such wisdom and tenderness that hearts were won. The testimony of the divine watcher is they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. And Abraham's influence extended beyond his own household wherever he pitched his tent. He set up beside at the altar for sacrifice and worship, and when the tent was removed, the altar remained. Many a roving Canaanite, whose knowledge of God had been gained from the life of Abraham, his servant, would tarry at that altar and offer sacrifice to Jehovah. No less effective today will be the teaching of God's word when it finds as faithful a reflection in the teacher's life. Wonderful. So our influence and example really bears a lot of uh, influence on people around us. All right, let me see here. Second Corinthians twelve fourteen. Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. Parents should provide for their children. 1 Timothy 5, 8. This is our last reference. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Every Christian should supply the needs of his family. All right, let me just summarize really quickly what we've learned. Deceitful and wicked people should be kept out of your house. You cannot keep evil people in your family without their exerting an influence over your children. A little leaven will leaven the whole lump. Parents should not provoke their children. You should not discourage them. They need to be trained. And one that does not control his own family can't be trusted to manage the things of God. The children of a bishop should be above reproach. A deacon should control his family. God can trust a man that commands his children and his household. Parents should provide for their children. Every Christian should supply the need of his family. Let's close with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for these instructions that will make home a little heaven on earth and an influence here as well. Thank you, Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about
What kind of education makes a difference in our home? What is the education that we should have? Just as Abraham did. All right. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.